How the Camel Got His Hump by Rudyard Kipling. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellie. How the Camel Got His Hump by Rudyard Kipling. Now, this is the tale, and it tells how the camel got his big hump. In the beginning of years, when the world was so new and all, and the animals were just beginning to work for man, there was a camel, and he lived in the middle of a howling desert, because he did not want to work, and besides he was a howler himself. He ate sticks and thorns and tamarisks and milkweed and prickles, most excruciating idle, and when anybody spoke to him he said humph, just humph, and no more. Presently the horse came to him on Monday morning, with a saddle on his back and a bit in his mouth, and said, Camel, O oh camel, come out and trot like the rest of us. Humph, said the camel, and the horse went away and told the man. Presently the dog came to him, with a stick in his mouth, and said, Camel, O oh camel, come and fetch and carry like the rest of us. Humph, said the camel, and the dog went away and told the man. Presently the ox came to him, with a yoke on his neck, and said, Camel, O oh camel, come and plough like the rest of us. Humph, said the camel, and the ox went away and told the man. At the end of the day the man called the horse and the dog and the ox together and said, Three, oh three, I'm very sorry for you, with the world so new and all, but that humph thing in the desert can't work, or he would have been here by now, and so I'm going to leave him alone, and you must work double time to make up for it. That made the three very angry, with the world so new and all, and they held a palaver, and the imbada, and a pankayat, and a povo, on the edge of the desert, and the camel came chewing a milkweed, most excruciating idle, and laughed at them. Then he said humph, and went away again. Presently there came along the chin in charge of all deserts, rolling in a cloud of dust. Chins always travel that way, because it is magic, and he stopped to palaver and povo with the three. Chin of all deserts, said the horse. Is it right for anyone to be idle, with the world so new and all? Certainly not, said the chin. Well, said the horse, there is a thing in the middle of your howling desert, and he is a howler himself, with a long neck and long legs, and he hasn't done a stroke of work since Monday morning. He won't trot. Phew, said the chin whistling, that's my camel, for all the gold in Arabia. What does he say about it? He says humph, said the dog, and he won't fetch and carry. Does he say anything else? Only humph, and he won't blow, said the ox. Very good, said the chin. I'll humph him if you will kindly wait a minute. The chin rolled himself up in his dust cloak and took a peering across the desert and found the camel most excruciatingly idle, looking at his own reflection in a pool of water. My long bubbling friend, said the chin, what is this I hear of your doing no work, with the world so new and all? Humph, said the camel. The chin sat down with his chin in his hand, and began to think a great magic, while the camel looked at his own reflection in the pool of water. You have given the three extra work since Monday morning, all on account of your excruciating idleness, said the chin, and he went on thinking magics with his chin in his hand. Humph, said the camel. I shouldn't say that again if I were you, said the chin. You might say it once too often. Bubbles, I want you to work. And the camel said, Humph, again. But no sooner had he said it than he saw his back that he was so proud of puffing up and puffing up into a great big lolloping humph. Do you see that? said the chin. That's your very own humph that you've brought upon your very own self by not working. Today is Thursday, and you have done no work since Monday, when work began. Now you are going to work. 
"'How can I?' said the camel, with this hump on my back. "'That's made a purpose,' said the chin, "'all because you missed those three days. "'You will be able to work now for three days without eating, "'because you can live on your hump. "'And don't you ever say, I never did anything for you. "'Come out of the desert and go to the three and behave. "'Humph yourself.' "'And the camel humphed himself, humph and all, "'and went away to join the three. "'And from that day to this the camel always wears a humph. We call it now Hump, not to hurt his feelings. But he has never yet caught up with the three days that he missed at the beginning of the world, and he has never yet learned how to behave. The camel's hump is an ugly lump, which well you may see at the zoo, but uglier yet is the hump we get from having too little to do. Kiddies and grown-ups too, if we haven't enough to do, we get the hump, camellia's hump, the hump that is black and blue. We climb out of bed, with a frowsly head and snarly yarly voice we shiver and scroll we grunt and we crawl at our bars our boots our toys and there ought to be a corner for me and i know there is one for you when we get the hump the camellia's hump the hump that is black and blue the cure for this ill is not to sit still or frost with a book by the fire but to take a large hoe and a shovel also and dig till you gently perspire and then you will find that the sun and the wind and the chin of the garden too have lifted the hump the horrible hump the hump that is black and blue i get it as well as you if i haven't enough to do we all get the hump camellia's hump kiddies and grown-ups too end of how the camel got his hump recording by ellie september two thousand and nine